Hello and welcome back to The Young Pro Show. Episode 5, appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate you spending the time to even start this podcast, to spend 12 seconds of your life listening to this podcast. Appreciate that. I, uh, you know, First and foremost, if you want to get more involved with the podcast here, I am on Twitter and I'm on Instagram as well. You can check out the podcast on Twitter at the Young Pro Show on Instagram. It's at the Young Pro Show DJF. Just an easier way to stay in touch, you know, be involved with things. I love interaction with people. I love being able to hear what people like, what you know, people maybe don't like. I, I'm big on constructive criticism. I do like people, you know, giving their pros and cons for the show. Things that I can improve on. You know, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of just criticism, but I do like constructive criticism. You know, I think we all can think back to a different teacher, a coach, or a mentor. Okay, probably if it was a mentor, it was probably all good things. But teacher and coach in our lives that, like, you know, some people supplied us with constructive criticism, and other people were just straight criticism. And there was just nothing was ever good enough, nothing was ever right. I'm not really looking for criticism. <laughs> I'm looking for a constructive criticism. <laughs> people that you know can help me point in the right direction how to get things better um you know in ways that they would personally enjoy the show more and things that i can make changes with you know i'm all for changing this something is right now something i just enjoy to do as mentioned the first episode i'm gonna kind of start right there if you haven't this your first episode you're tuning in you're like man what is this go to episode one episode one kind of lays the foundation goes through everything you know what's the point of the show who am i why am i doing this show episode one is kind of a great introductory show so go and listen to that before you listen uh, to the rest of these but episode five here what I'm kind of planning to do is just kind of have a reflection uh, episode and just look back at the previous three interviews that I've had. I found myself, I like to go back and listen to the shows, you know, one to be able to critique myself. I've really found on some of the episodes that I say, um, a lot, or I do this like thing with my mouth and, and I make this noise or, you know, I use other vocal pauses besides, um, I say, I can't really think of any of the other words I use off the top of my head, but nonetheless. So I try to use that to critique it myself so that I can become better at this. And additionally, I also listen to it because, again, the point of the show is I'm kind of listening to people's goals, their dreams, and I love it. It just it fires me up. Three episodes in, honestly, and I think the three episodes have been even better than I thought they were going to be. Uh, not necessarily these three in particular, but just in general. Like so far, it's just awesome. I just love sitting here talking to people about their dreams, talking to people about their goals and what they want to do in the long run you know, and what they are actively doing today because all it really does is help me, honestly. All it does is help me. When I listen to these other people, then I say, okay, I need to stay focused on today because I'm somebody that is just big pictured. I'm always shooting for the stars. I'm always going for the big dream and have my eyes set on this huge goal that's way down the line that seems unattainable right now. And I struggle with the practical goals, struggle with what do I do today? What do I do this week, this month? And like usual, I'm actually getting ahead of myself here. But this episode is a reflection episode. You know, I found myself, that's where I was. When I'm listening to these episodes and the first two with Kyle and Brock, I found myself almost interrupting them because there were certain things that they would say that would stick out to me. And I'd say, oh, I like that. I like that. Oh, that's good. That's good. And it was, for me, I was trying to make a point to like, hey, people that are listening, like, listen up. Like, this is good. 
but I was doing it in a way that I was like cutting them off and distracting them and, you know, turning away their thought um, or their train of thought. So then at, for the third episode with Courtney, I tried to be more calm, more reserved and tried to, you know, again, try to have more of a conversation. And that's kind of my idea moving forward, have more of a conversation with the guest and with uh, interviews. And then you'll kind of really reflect and go deep into, you know, one episode every three, four interviews and just kind of reflect and go through everything. That's kind of my idea moving forward as of this moment. Uh, so this episode is really just going to be a recap of the three episodes, different things that stuck out to me with each speaker. I say speaker as if it was like a keynote speaker at some giant <laughs> uh, organizational event. Yeah, my interviews, the my friends that decided to be on the show. Appreciate you guys. and love it. So we're going to go back. Episode two with Kyle Nash. Holy smokes. I was not expecting that great of a show. I do think it's a little unfair. Kyle and I, we had a podcast, had a sports talk uh, radio show through college. And, you know, we talked about it on the show. some nasty fries. Whew. That podcast was fire. It was evident that we clearly have a lot of experience and years together, you know, interviews and just being on, behind microphones together because we just clicked like that and it was so smooth so awesome you know Kyle somebody that I appreciate that he is again I feel like very similar to myself but maybe even the next extreme for myself that like if you don't know Kyle very well you think he's just a goofy guy you think like you know he doesn't take anything serious in his life like he just wants to have fun and enjoy life which you know isn't a bad thing but then you know you really see this other side of Kyle when you get to know him that how focused he is and how like He's, again, he has fun while he does everything, but it's also everything's for a bigger purpose. Everything's for the long-term goal. Everything's about trying to better himself. And again, similar, I feel like Kyle's similar to, like I said earlier in this episode, to Kyle's somebody that's always shooting for the stars, has these big goals and these big dreams, and is always trying to chase down this stuff. So that was, in my opinion, dude, I was ready to run through a brick wall listening to Kyle uh, with that interview. I was pumped for it while it was going on. Uh, a lot of things that Kyle said that really motivated me that I really liked, you know, he talked about early in the episode about his career goals. And, you know, for Kyle, he's still in school, he's finishing up his master's, you know, and he doesn't, uh, you know, he's had some internships, but not necessarily any like professional, like, you know, uh, regular nine to five, um, full time. That's the word I'm thinking of. And, you know, you know, full time jobs being a college student. But two of his career goals, two things that he is looking for. Is he said that he's looking to make an impact to those around him and to make the company grow, which I really appreciated. And then he also said to enjoy my time there and feel that I made a difference for all my coworkers that I dealt with. And, and that's strong. I, I like especially that number two point, you know, to be able to. Whether you're there for three months, whether you're there for six months, you know, even. You're a young professional. Maybe you have a job for a couple of years, but then when you go to leave, you know, being able to establish relationships, create an environment that when you go to leave, people say, "Dang, like they're sad." Like, oh, I don't want Susan to leave yet. I don't want Jimmy to leave. Like, man, that was a great kid, great head on his shoulders, and I can't wait to see what they do in their next part. You know, and again, not necessarily like it's a sad thing. They could be excited and say, "Wow, like this job was definitely under you, and you know, you are going to reach your full potential now." I absolutely love that to think of making a difference. And again, and that's with your coworkers. I feel like a lot of times, 
your relationship with your coworkers, or as Brock and I talked about in episode two, your relationship with your teammates is very undervalued. You know, a lot of times, it, again, especially for myself, being in a sales-oriented position, a lot of times the focus is on customers and customers and the people and the customer is always right and, you know, do everything right for the customer, which obviously isn't wrong, but what are you doing to establish better relationships with your co-workers with the people you work with like you know that's the kind of stuff that isn't oh man it, it that's the stuff that i feel like really makes a difference like and who you are as a person you know that's not directly going to make an impact on your career on your specific job that you have at the moment but that's really where you grow as an individual and as a person is how you create and establish and maintain those relationships you have with coworkers, you know, especially when you're in the setting where you move into a job and you don't know anybody there and then is trying to form relationships, you know, again, and with Kyle's example, potentially going to be graduating, getting a job elsewhere, and then it's all right, well, what do I do from here and going into a new company where he doesn't know anybody? So that I thought was awesome. Absolutely love that. Um, I mean, honestly, as I'm looking through the notes here, Kyle had so many one-liners that were just... <laughs> incredible you know when I asked what experience has changed his career goals you know a a couple things that he said was that has he has learned something from every single job some have been good some have been bad but he has learned something from every single job and the second part you know specifically talking about him with the summer positions he said learning's all around you it's just about how you attack each day and each opportunity that you have Kyle Nash, dude. Uh, I, I should, you know, we did the Nasty Fries. Maybe I should have Kyle on as just a full-time guest on here. Because that was phenomenal. And, and and I know I went in-depth in that in episode one, too. But that, I feel, is so undervalued that people, they don't look at it. They don't look, again, specifically in his situation as a summer job, when you know that you are only going to be there for three months, you know my last day is August 10th, August 1st, August 15th. You just kind of lackadaisical go through your job and you do what you have to do. You don't really learn and think of it as growing, you know, and he talked about, you know, for him working for a uh, minor league baseball team and being able to involved with that organization And like, yes, he's learning what he's doing at his role, but he's also looking around. He's looking around the stadium, looking at other people within the organization. What are are their roles? What do they do? What part of that would I like? What part would I not like? And, you know, and that's different, obviously, because he is a college student. But I think even for as young professionals, especially with it being 2020, nobody... Again, especially with 2020, the likelihood that you're going to work for one company for 40 years, that you're going to graduate high school or college, you're going to go to that company and you will work there, boom, for the rest of your life is very, very minimal. Not that they can't happen, and but you know you could always move around. And, and again, especially think of it that way, the odds that you're going to work at one company your whole life are very minimal. The odds that you're going to work that exact same position the exact same job, exact same tasks for 40 years is basically impossible. Like there's no way you're going to. You're If you stay with that company, you're going to be changing roles. If you go to another company, you're going to be changing roles. So it's good to just kind of get an idea of the environment. And, and again, even just things that you like, things you don't like, and just being able to learn from every single experience 
that you have rather than just going through the motions and just you clock in, you clock out. You know, I'm just trying to get through till Friday, get through to Friday, get through and have this mindset. You have this mentality of you're living for Friday, you're living for Saturday and Sunday, really, that you're not even making the most of the opportunity that you have at hand. Kyle Nash, man, absolutely incredible. You know, and he talked to, again, trying to learn something from every single job that he has. And some are good, some are bad. Not everything you learn is going to be like, wow, I really love this industry. I really love this position. You know, and maybe you'll be in there for three months and say, yikes, this is not what I want. You know, or again, you graduate college, you get an entry level position somewhere, you learn for three months, six months, maybe you say, this is absolutely awesome and I love this, then that's awesome and that's great and I'm happy for you. But if you're like most people, you get into that first job and you say, I don't really like this. Okay, well, be actively looking for what you do like and what you do enjoy and what makes you happy. What's going to make you fulfilled? Whew. All right, let me get off my soapbox a little bit. Let me continue forward. I'm kind of going with a tangent off of <laughs> what Kyle said. Real quick here, Kyle Nash, I absolutely loved his role, his position with sports management and what he had learned from one of his coworkers with working there for the summer. <clears throat> because that is the entire idea of the show is to get people on to think about things that we would not even think about. To, again, for myself, provide insight into industries that I would, you know, for me, I think, well, yeah, okay, it's being a nurse. Like, what is there? You go, you do... You save lives, you uh, check people's pulses, I don't know, give people drugs. Like, what more is there to do? And, you know, or Kyle's example, sports sports management. I mean, honestly, let's be real. What is the stigma around sports management? If somebody tells you they're a sports management major, you're thinking, oh, they must be here to play basketball or football or baseball. You know, they're probably some athlete. And, you know, for Kyle, it, or even you think, okay, they're just here for – to get a degree, to get a piece of paper. But for him, he talks about, and this was from somebody that has been within sports management for, you know, multiple years. So this guy, I I need to bring this guy on the show because this was fantastic. And he talked about how Kyle's role and his role with working for a minor league baseball team is not necessarily to sell the most tickets. It's not to, you know, people coming to minor league baseball games are not really coming for the baseball, you know. If you want to watch high-level baseball, you're going to go to the major leagues. But obviously it's a lower price on tickets. Maybe it's shorter drive. It's quicker for you. But with their role, it's to provide a family fun atmosphere for those to come and create memories. For that seven-year-old kid that comes with his mom and dad in June you know, it's summer and he comes and he watches a game. Or maybe it's in the middle of the day and he comes with grandma and grandpa. Or, you know, the weekends he comes with mom and dad and his siblings. Like, being able, you know, and again, and that's just Kyle Nash. Like, he is selling merchandise, you know? Like, when you walk into, think about that. When you walk into a baseball game, a hockey game, a basketball game, whatever, and that person's selling merchandise, you're probably thinking, oh, yeah, this is just some kid or whatever. And Kyle Nash is somebody that's on the other side thinking, I am a part of, of creating this culture and this atmosphere to provide family fun here, to provide memories for these kids growing older. I absolutely love that. And that seriousness and the attentiveness and the intentionality that he brings to work with them every single day. And that, again, work was summertime. All right, I'm spending a lot of time on Kyle here. 
The last thing with Kyle that I enjoyed was, you know, what are you doing today to reach your dreams of tomorrow? Completing grad school, obvious. Reading books, you know, specifically about investing, awesome. And the last one, which was crucial, was investing in myself. And the one thing that Kyle said, how do you invest in yourself? He sets five weekly goals and sets out to accomplish them. And that, I feel like partly I enjoyed so much because that hit home for me. Because as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I struggle with those short-term goals. You know, I, I, I struggle with even trying to come up with yearly goals because even my yearly goals slowly turned into five-year goals, 10-year goals, 15-year goals. You know, rather than like, I mean, weekly goals is something that's attainable. Like daily goals is probably a little bit on the other extreme. It's like, okay, well, how many goals can you possibly have for a day? But with the weekly goals, and again, a lot of his goals that he mentioned were effort-based goals. They weren't necessarily things that were uh, results-oriented, but things that were 100% based on his effort, things that were within his control, things that, you know, again, he talked about with running, running 70 miles a week at that point in his life like was just another thing. But it's also an effort-based goal because he still has to go out and do it. You know, and injuries aside, it's really just about him doing what he has to do to go out there, you know, um, and I, I really appreciated that. I did that the week after that episode, came up with some weekly goals, and I think I had seven goals. I think I accomplished one of them, and then this last week or the week after, I did not come up with weekly goals again, <laughs> but I, I really honestly, though, when I listen to that, I do want to get into that habit and kind of my idea is every Monday morning, either every Monday morning at work, you know, spending five minutes or Sunday night when before I go into work, kind of coming up with weekly goals. All right, this is what I want to do for the week. This is what I want to accomplish, you know, effort-based goals, things that not necessarily are super easy, but again, things that I can accomplish, but then also kind of like pat myself on the back and say, yeah, I did that this week, you know, and just that kelp, that self-confidence, belittling myself either. All right, so Brock, episode three couple things that stuck out to me with Brock. I love, you know, I first brought up about his funny Riddle Fridays. He always does funny Riddle Fridays at the office, and I appreciate that because it's such a small gesture. You know, and he talked about it on the show, like, what got him started into it was from a leadership seminar and just to make a teammate or a friend to laugh. You know, how many times, think about it yourself, if you're at work, you're in school, whatever it may be, and sometimes it's nice just for a split second. You see a text message that makes you laugh. You see a video that makes you laugh. Something like, no matter how bad of a day you're having, just to have like, a, again, especially if it's spontaneous, a true, genuine laugh can kind of just like put a reset button on your entire day. You know, and for him trying to do that within his workspace and his office and in school, cause seeing him kind of take that role, again, it's so, so minor, but I don't feel like it should be undersold either. The fact of just once a week, putting something out there, you either A, make people laugh, B, you make people roll their eyes, but nonetheless, it kind of like lets them hit a reset essentially on their day. And for a split second, it distracts them from whatever mess, whatever headache they have, uh, may have at work, you know, just put a reset on it, be able to put a pause, and then just to read this funny riddle, kind of laugh, and move on from there. And I absolutely love how Brock has brought that into the work environment, and, you know, they're at Hitchings, and been able to, you know, that plays into the culture uh, of the 
office as well. So I'm going to try to look for ways that I can potentially do something. Brock, it, it was interesting. I actually did not know before the interview that he wanted to be a mortician. I just, I don't, I just assumed it was something that he kind of fell upon. That he, you know, maybe got a college degree, didn't know, didn't have a job, whatever. Ended up getting a job there and worked there for 10 plus years. And no, it was like, he said it was something that he sought out. And, you know, and at the core of it, though, it was cool because he said he wanted to be there for people and help people at their worst times. You know, so his reasoning behind it was people. And, you know, being, I mean, yeah, you think about that for those of you that have had that experience, you know, being in a funeral home being you know around services and such and kind of the behind the scenes of funerals and um you know celebration of life and different things like that just being able to be a part of that process and you know obviously you have to have the seriousness to be able to handle situation but also you know you have to very much so be able to read the crowd you know and maybe make a joke here or there have some a little bit of humor but also need to know when <laughs> to make that humor and when to all right you know i should probably just shut up uh let these people grieve too so i, I that was kind of cool for me seeing that at the again at 18 years old or even he said younger it's really when he was at his grandma's funeral was when he really decided that that was what he wanted to be um you know and kind of focused on that but then he makes a career transition you know based on company then he makes a career transition kind of based on his family. And one thing that I really, really liked about Brock, which didn't even stand out to me until afterwards, was when he was talking about making the transition in his career, uh, going from being a mortician to an insurance agent. And he said that he knew he didn't want to work for a large company, that that wasn't him, that wasn't his personality. He had worked at a you know a family firm. He had worked for a small local you know corporation before. And that he wanted to be somewhere that was family oriented that, you know, so working at Hitchings Insurance, a, you know, an independent agency, a local agency was something that he sought out. And, and I think part of the reason that just kind of struck a chord with me is I feel like that was similar to me and that's similar to myself. I remember in college talking to one of my professors and talking to him about kind of my goals, my dreams, what I wanted to do and and I was like, well, I'm kind of a small town guy and I want to work for, I don't remember what my exact words were, but basically I said, yeah, I want to work for a smaller company, family oriented, you know, family like feel to the company. And he pretty much, he pretty much just came out and said like, Dom, your goals are too small. You're thinking too little. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, and I get it. You know, he's a professor. This was somebody that has traveled all over the nation, you know, changed states, all positions, you know, for him and his family and different career paths and such. But for me, like that wasn't, you know, and everybody is different. You know, some people want to go work for a big company, get their foot in the door and then just work their way up the ladder. That's fine. You know, it, for me, I was more similar to Brock that I, I don't really like the corporate structure, the corporate ladder. Like, I don't really want to do that. Like, I, I love one of the things, one of the many, many things I love about Hitchings Insurance is there are 10 employees, including myself. I walk in there and there's 10 of us. There's 10 of us that matter. There's no, there's nobody above us. There's nobody at a corporate office. There's nobody else that's pulling the strings. Nobody, like, it's us in that office and that's it. You know, I directly, I mean, I share an office, literally share the same four walls with a managing partner at Hitchings. 
and you know there's two managing partners and I share an office with one and the other one is you know right across the hall you know I, and for me I love that for some people they look at that and say well there's no growth like I want to be able to go to a big company and grow and be able to some people want to travel nationally and you know maybe I want to start here in this location and then me and my family can get up and be uh, transplanted to a different location. You know, everybody is different in what they're looking out for. But I guess my point with Brock was I appreciated how he recognized that. And that was something that he found important within his you know, career move. Because that's a lot of, that is a, I think a huge factor that most people don't really think about. People typically don't think about how big of a company do you want to work for. They think of, you know, they, I mean, obviously they won't think of how much money and where is it located and what are the benefits and, you know, and what's going to make me happy. But I, I don't know very many people that really think with looking for a job, you know, or what, even if that's someplace they're currently at, when looking for a new job, you know, do they think, wow, well, what size of a company do I want to work for? Do I want to work for a family firm? Who do I want to work for a national or a global company? Because it is such a difference, uh, can be such a difference, you know. And again, in my situation, in Brock's situation, it was pros. But, you know, obviously there are pros and cons to both sides. And it's really just what you're looking for. But I thought it was awesome for him to bring that up. And kind of that was something for him that he knew that he was looking for. Because I feel like that's very, very rare that people think of the size of the company they want to be with. And with Brock, you know, his goals, what is he doing today to reach his dreams tomorrow? He's setting his goals to move forward, you know? Like, Kyle talked about setting weekly goals. Brock just more generally goals and just having something to reach after and also having the mindset of people matter. And for Brock, that was something from the very beginning has always been his mindset. From wanting to be a mortician, it, it really wasn't something that he sought out because he said, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I would love, like... <laughs> I would love to be around a bunch of grieving people. It was more, I think I can make a difference with people. I can help people. I can support people during that time. So I absolutely love that, him talking about people matter. Something that's so simple, but if we're being honest, we all forget it from time to time. We all gloss over it. We all think of myself and we think of getting through our daily tasks and forget that people matter. And then episode four with Courtney. Love the episode with Courtney. You know, Courtney, as I mentioned, somebody that I look up to and just really appreciate what she has to say, appreciate how she is focused. And, you know, somebody that when I was close to her, well, you know, talked to her every single day through college, she was somebody that was so focused and so motivated. And, you know, a lot of people try to bring her down necessarily, but she was always focused on the end goal and always, uh, you know, striving to be a better version of herself. And really wasn't a, didn't listen to outside voices, you know, like she would maybe hear them, but she was doing what she wanted to do. She was never really somebody that I felt like was a crowd pleaser or was somebody that um, gave into peer pressure. She was somebody that she was always herself in every single setting. And I've always appreciated that. So talking to Courtney and she talked about. You know, with running, one thing I like about running was she talked about how she genuinely enjoyed running. You know, there's a, and for non-runners, you're going to be like, what? It doesn't make any sense. But there is such a difference between racing and running. And that was the example she gave, you know, the example I just, but really you could say that with all aspects, you know, with whatever job you have now, 
Do you love the behind-the-scenes work? Do you love the grinding aspect of it? Or do you just want the end result? You know, And for some people, the end result may be the promotion. Maybe it's the paycheck. You, know, you absolutely hate your life for two weeks. But hey, that every other Friday, yeah, whatever. All right, it's worth it. You know, and for her, that was something she found out within running was that she loved the day-to-day grind. And that's something I would challenge you within your workforce and what you're doing is do you love the grind or do you just love the end result? Because there is a significant difference. And if you don't love the grind, okay, is that maybe just a mindset change? Do you need to just change the way you think about things? You know, you need to, rather than just falling in love with the end result, being like, you know what, I want to fall in love with the process because this process is what's going to get me to that end result. Or do you say, you know what, I really just need to change. (laughs) Like, I don't really like this process. The end result just makes it bearable. I need something different. So absolutely love that with Courtney, you know, with her being able to talk about getting her master's uh, in arts and master's of arts and counseling. And at Heidelberg University and her kind of wanting to be a counselor. And I absolutely loved kind of talking about, you know, how she feels like she can make a difference. And it for me, I felt it was powerful when she said, after the experience that she has had and the couple internships, she says, I know what to do when people say they're suicidal. I know what to do with people that struggle with substance abuse, that it's a disease. It's a, not a choice. But it's awesome to see their growth throughout that process and how they are changing as a person. To see people have these terrible stories and these horrific things that happen to them, but to be able to watch them grow and evolve and adapt. And that's from very, very little experience that she has. Being able the first time somebody walks in and talks with her and able to discuss through things, go through things, to then by the time either she's about to leave the internship or, you know, they're... Four weeks, six weeks, three months, whatever is up, you know, being able to see that change and that growth. And I, that is absolutely awesome for her to be able to make that impact and that difference. Like, I mean, that is a position where you can literally see the growth and see the transition. You know, a lot of times with some people in some professions, you know, potentially like a teacher, you work with these kids, but you might not know the impact that you have on them. Until, I mean, you might not ever know the impact you have on them, but it might be years later until they reach back out and say, you know, maybe it's a graduation of high school. Maybe it's graduation of college. Maybe it's when they get married, whatever that may be. You know, that is kind of more the longer game, I feel like, with teaching. Whereas this is something that is very short term and not necessarily has to be short term, but in her situation, short term, but also something she can see in a short period of time. Wow. Being able to see this growth and being able to see, you know, and especially the people that she's working with, people that to the public eye might not really look any different. It might not look different, but for her, being able to have that inside view to their lives and being able to help them during this time of need is awesome. And that is such a rewarding aspect of her job. And I absolutely love her in that role and how serious she takes it, how much she enjoys it, and being able to see that growth and. You know, but at the same time, we talk about on the show, like, what about her mental health? You know, like, how do you, with this position, you are, she has uh, the unconditional positive regard. So she kind of has to put her beliefs and things behind to be able to help these people. Um, 
you know, but also she's just giving and giving and pouring out and pouring out and doing all this for other people. That it's like, how how do you stay sharp yourself? How do you mentally stay in it? And for her, I mean, it sounds simple, but, you know, just kind of practicing what you preach, what you're working with all these people and you're helping, like, okay, just being able to take care of yourself and to love yourself and do things that you enjoy on a daily basis. And that's something that, you know, in her field is she has to be intentional about it because when you are constantly pouring into people like this and if you're not pouring you know if you're not pouring into yourself or if somebody else isn't pouring into you you're just gonna burn yourself out you know i mean let's just be honest and i feel like that's a lot of people in a lot of different positions with their jobs that they you know they they go to work they do what they have to they clock in they clock out they they do their chores but they don't necessarily like take care of themselves you know it they take care of other people they again let's say go back to the teacher role somebody that they love kids and they love being a part of these kids lives and you know they're able to go through and able to help these kids for the year but it's like okay what are you doing for yourself as soon as you leave the building you know how are you taking care of yourself so that you can take care of these other children um so absolutely love that courtney was awesome Appreciate having her on the show. You know, and when talking about what is she doing today to reach her dreams tomorrow, it was pretty simple. And she said, just being uncomfortable. Because being uncomfortable shows growth and it shows that it's a new experience that's happening for a reason. And that is probably, you know, I, I couldn't put that in words at the beginning of the episode, but that is a great way to summarize Courtney as well. She's somebody that's Comfortable and being uncomfortable and always wants to grow, always wants to adapt, always wants to learn to change, you know, compared to a lot of people just want to be stagnant and, well, this is what I do. I'm not going to change. These are my friends. I'm not going to change, you know, same old, same old, and I'm just going to be stuck in my ways. And for her, it's always trying to change, always trying to adapt, always trying to, you know, push yourself because if you're uncomfortable, that means you're pushing yourself to a different level, which then you are learning, you're growing, you're being around different people, um, and just, you know, having more opinions and more insights. So absolutely love Courtney, what she had to share and appreciated her taking her time to come on to the show. So thank you guys for tuning into this episode. That was kind of a, my reflection personally of episodes two, three, and four, you know, what you guys think, seriously, feel free to interact, you know, Feel free to text me, communicate with me, however is easiest for you. You know, for those of you that may not know me personally, feel free to reach out via Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I would love any kind of communication, conversations that we may have. I just love listening to people's dreams and goals. I really do. It just fires me up. Absolutely love it. You know, and it's funny because all three of the episodes, it like, you know, I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like, this is kind of weird. Like, I don't know if I really want to ask this person to be on the show. Like, eh, they're going to think this is weird. And, and then I ask them, and then we end up doing the show. And, you know, and they normally, so far, three people have said, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'd love to be on the show. Like, none of them were weird about it at all. And then by the end of all three episodes, I'm like, blood's just pumping through my veins. And I'm feeling great. I'm feeling amazing and feeling pumped up for the moment. So, Hope you guys enjoy the this episode. Hope you enjoy the show so far. Appreciate you guys listening. Uh, this might be my longest show so far. So ironic that the longest show is the one where I'm just sitting here talking to myself. <laughs> 
All right. Hey, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Young Pro Show. Make sure you're doing, uh, you know, setting your weekly goals and focusing it today on what you have to do to reach your dreams tomorrow. Love you guys. God bless.